Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from Bespin to the Gotham below and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me, as always, is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? A uh, lot of excitement out of a project I thought was dead in the water. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. That's, that's about what's um, up. I just did a uh, Instagram live video right before we started this, talking to a couple people on there, mentioning that I feel like it's been a while since we've had any Star Wars news. Yeah. And um, I would say our lead story tonight is a Star Wars story. Literally more about ways a one. Star Wars story. About a Star Wars story. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about that. We got some um, Marvel, Sony, Spider-Man adjacent universe um, drama, which always sends us off on a plenty a tangent. Uh, we got some other Marvel stuff, some comics news, some comics reviews we're doing tonight. Um, but, of course, starting everything off with a little bit of business. This podcast is sponsored currently by Funky Town Comics and Vinyl in the village of Camillus. Not in the village of Camillus, but town in the town of Camillus, I should say. Um, so check them out. They have a special, if you are in the uh, Camillus, Syracuse area, a uh, special event going on tomorrow night at the Salve Public Library called a Library Comic Con. Um, going to have uh, some professional comic artists there giving away some comics to kids, letting kids buy some comics, and a Mario Kart tournament, I believe, is happening. Uh, it's a uh, Basically, it's a mini Comic Con. For kids specified um and aimed at kids so um if you like steve and i have children that are into comics or might be into comics bring them down to solve a public library tomorrow night see the funky town comics uh library comic-con yeah it's great That's they're doing cool. that uh they're tying it into uh the the solve a public library has a like a reading promotion thing going on for the summer i think west jenny does here and i'd assume most of your local libraries probably have something similar for yeah you know increasing you know uptake and reading and desire and it's a it's a nice unique take on getting people interested in it i know uh my son has latched on to any sort of graphic form and like mm-hmm. the the teenage mutant ninja turtle saturday morning adventures and the batman and scooby-doo mysteries uh are definite fan favorites around this house yeah um other ones that i could recommend to you or anyone listening that has a kid that you're looking for uh age appropriate comics there's a uh series called um star wars jedi academy which Mm -hmm. is very good um we're currently reading book three that we got from a local library and there's also a series called Hilo, H-I-L-O, The Boy Who Fell to Earth, um, which is an exceptional story. Um, there are, I think, eight or nine volumes of it already. We're in book five, I think, right now. Um, I really, by Judd Winnick, is the um, professional comic creator. He's worked for Marvel and DC. Also, this is his like solo um, kind of thing. I just can't recommend it highly enough. It's great. Um, Hilo, check it out. Super cool. Um, very nice. age appropriate for, you know, I mean, my son is six and he loves every second of it. I think we started reading it probably when he was five, but loving it. Awesome. Um, also, uh, quick business uh, for the people that are listening in the Syracuse area. I am, speaking of Comic-Cons, going to be part of a mini-con 
that is happening before a Star Wars and Star Trek themed burlesque show happening August 12th at the Palace Theater. You can get tickets for that on Eventbrite if you look up um, Trek Wars is the name of the event hosted by the Cine Sisters uh, burlesque producers. So um, check out the Cine Sisters for ticket links. Follow them on Instagram uh, for ticket links. Or uh, just look it up on Eventbrite, August 12th, the Palace Theater, Syracuse, New York, Trek Wars, Star Trek, Star Wars themed burlesque show. There'll be a mini mini Comic-Con convention happening for like two hours before the event starts and also during intermission. I will be there um, selling my book uh, right next to our own Funky Town Comics, which will also be there selling uh, toys and comics. And there's a fly on my microphone. Just landed there. Oh, that's impressive. And... uh, I'm wondering if I should try to kill it. Probably not, because that would cause a bunch of... Yeah, that cause a lot of editing for me, so, so I don't think you should do that. Yeah, I'm just going to just gonna blow it away. Hey, so it's gone. Hopefully, hopefully it won't come back. All right, so anyway, all that business out of the way. Thank you for joining us here on the Multiverse Report. That, What's that? I just realized I said that it caused me a lot of editing when I don't actually edit this. What you see No, you don't edit anything. No, yeah. That's... I don't think we've ever had... Have we ever had to edit anything out of it? Um, I, maybe once or twice, but nothing major. Nothing major. Yeah. There was that whole time when um, uh, there was an alarm going off on my phone and it oh, turned out to be on true. like a different phone. I don't know. I just, that took up a lot of time. We didn't edit that out. If we're no, not going to edit no, that out, then. That, that actually turned, I, I had multiple people contact us saying that was some of the best content we've ever produced. So oh, I don't great. know where the, where the bar is set. So just more of me being a technological idiot <laughs> is what, how we're going to get more listeners. Great. Apparently. All right, Steve, I know at least one person told me they were going to join us on YouTube tonight, so keep an eye on that chat if they have anything to say. Um, I know we've had a couple of people here and there for the last few weeks, so um, feel free to let us know if you agree with what we're saying, if you disagree with what we're saying. We're going to dive in here uh, first with an update on the strikes that are going on, the writer's strike and the actor's strike. A um, lot of kind of lot of updates this week, a lot of stuff going on with these uh, strikes. It was announced that the show General Hospital is going to be hiring, quote unquote, temporary writers, or as the rest of the world knows them, scabs um, that will be um, writing episodes of General Hospital um, while the actual writers are gone. Um, scabs, we've been saying it for the last few weeks, talking about the strike. Scabs are just is the term for people who are crossing the picket line, um, you know, defying union requests. These are people that are not in the union and likely will never be accepted into the union if they take jobs like this. So that's right. up to them. Um, it's kind of a tricky situation because I'm sure those people need jobs too, but you're also taking away from, um, you know, Writers that actually were hired on that show that are striking for better conditions. At the same time, if the show goes too long without new episodes, it could possibly get canceled. And then the real writer's job isn't going to be there anyway when the strike is over. So it's kind of like a whole, it's a whole crummy situation. I don't know. Um, It's also announced that uh, Disney is starting to hire for artificial intelligence jobs, which is dumb. And, uh, you know. Shitty is one of the things that people are striking against to prevent jobs being replaced by AI. Disney is just saying, screw that. We're hiring some AI people. Right. Literally um, the reason, like one of one yeah, of the main one reasons of the biggest this, reasons this strike is happening at this point. Um, yeah. And yep. uh, for the record, uh, our, our good friend of the pod, Joel Monahan, 
apparently is a huge Days of Our Lives fan and is oh. down down with hating on General Hospital. So here we are. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> All right. Days of Our Lives fans unite. Uh, I remember I was, um, when I was a kid, my grandmother uh, would babysit me and I was forced to watch As the World Turns. Ooh. So that was my soap opera of choice. And it is still yeah. turning, I don't I'm know sure. if that's... Uh, for now. <laughs> I don't know. For now. Well, we'll yeah, the world may have stopped turning one. at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. What else happened? Um, apparently, a group of uh, publicists or just all publicists uh, were begging SAG-AFTRA to let members promote um, stuff and <laughs> you know, break those rules and like promote things, uh, which is dumb because if you're going to beg somebody to let something happen, you should be begging the studios to let, you know, to to pay like why are you you're begging the people that are striking you should be petitioning the studios to go back to the bargaining table to end this you shouldn't be trying to force the people that are already you know uh being disenfranchised and to uh to make to make this make to fix this because it's not their fault it's the ceo's fault the studio's fault um so come on get it together uh studio a24 um indie studio produces a lot of great movies a lot of great work uh they officially got a order from sag aftra and i believe also the wga maybe maybe not the wga but definitely sag aftra they got a waiver allowing them to continue to film and what the waiver means they're not crossing a picket line it just means that they have already agreed to all of sag's uh sag aftra's demands so they say whatever comes out we'll we'll abide by it if if you get everything that you want we'll abide by it and therefore sag after said okay if that's the deal then you can keep filming so uh that's pretty cool and i guess a24 yeah. is not a part of the main the big cluster of like big hollywood studios so they're able to negotiate a separate deal with sag aftra um and for so anyone cool. who doesn't know a24 just by name uh they were the geniuses behind everything everywhere all at once ladybird yep. uncut gems midsummer uh ex machina that yeah that, that style of, of like very good um very good movie making yeah for sure lots of great stuff um also this is a positive development the uh uh writers guild of america east on the east coast said that they will allow animation writers into their union post strike now we've mentioned before that animation animators and animation writers uh technically don't belong to a union they don't have their own union and they're saying that the animation writers will be allowed into uh wga post strike so that's huge and awesome i hope that continues to spread yeah other good news uh dwayne the rock johnson donated a quote historic amount of money to sag after a relief fund uh, meaning the funds that they have to help people stay employed um or you know cover things like insurance or doctor bills or things like that um the amount wasn't disclosed but it's uh rumored to be a seven figure amount like an incredible amount of um uh, goodwill coming from the rock to sag aftra uh it's being referred to as kind of a call to arms to other super rich celebrities you know like the tom cruises out there like why aren't you also donating a ton of money to this at this you know uh one would think one would think. Hopefully that continues. When you have um, a boatload of money and have nothing else to do with it, why don't you help all the people that don't have a boatload of money? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, not, especially somebody like The Rock, whose star has kind of started to slip a little bit. You know, he's no, he's certainly no longer a box office uh, guarantee. Maybe if you let himself like lose a Black fight Adam. once in a while. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, She-Hulk herself, Tatiana Maslany, spoke out against Bob Iger, which I think is huge considering that she is currently employed by Disney <laughs> as yeah. She-Hulk. Um, and I feel like you see a lot of people speaking out and calling out Bob Iger, um, but I don't know that we've seen someone that currently has a contract with Marvel or with Disney um, speaking out so uh, specifically against Bob Iger. She said to The Hollywood Reporter this week, I think he's completely out of touch. He's completely out of touch with the workers who make his shows happen, who make people watch these shows, who bring viewers to him and his money. Having worked on a Disney show, I know where people fall through the cracks and where people are taken advantage of, and it's outrageous the amount of wealth that is not shared with the people who actually make the show. That's crew, cast, writers. Hmm. So um, pretty strong stance from uh, Miss Maslany. Um, I love her. Great. Um, all this, and uh, we're just hearing, or I have heard on a number of um, podcasts and articles that uh, it doesn't look like this strike is ending anytime soon. Um, mm. Seems January, like this in for the I long think, haul. is yeah, yeah, in it for the long haul. Um, hopefully, the studios start feeling the pain sooner than um, actors and writers start losing their homes and things like that. Yeah, that would thanks be... to that CEO that was quoted. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna do this until they lose their homes. Really? Thank you for being yeah. a giant dick. I know what an a hole. What an a hole. Yep. All right, should we talk some Star Wars? Well, before that, I want to talk about people that Ooh. aren't a-holes, and that would be okay. Ben Grimm. Ben Grimm, not an a-hole. Yes. So I, I noticed that's what you were drinking. Yeah, I was walking uh, walking through said uh, prior local bottle shop, uh, branching out in Camillus, New York, mm-hmm. and literally did a double take <laughs> when I looked to my left, and yeah. there's a uh, Ben Grimm can that is uh, rock-solid ipa from mason aleworks so yep i uh had that earlier this week i had i had a similar experience and i had a whole uh conversation with uh owner carissa monahan about uh how are they not getting sued they're like putting a straight up picture of the thing that is owned by marvel slash disney on on their beer can and selling it how are they not getting sued i don't know it's kind of the same. I'd assume it's the same thing as what, uh, like, the old Empire Brewery did with Empire Strikes Back, where they yeah. just kept doing it until they got a C and D, and then they're like, "All right, exactly. we'll stop." Yep, we're gonna do it until they catch us. And in the meantime, nerds like you and me are gonna freak out that the thing is on a can of beer and immediately buy it. Um, so uh, yeah, head down to Branch Cow Bottle Shop to get some nerdy uh, Fantastic Four related beer, and also um, they have on their shelves a uh, beer from a brewery called Pariah called Smilex, which is a Joker-themed can. Um, Didn't see that one. Probably would have bought that quick, too. (laughs) Yep, I did, and it's very yummy, I must say. So, now, should we talk about Star Wars? Sure. We can do that. Sure. You don't sound very excited for somebody that loves Star Wars as much as you, Steve. Oh, no, I was looking at, like, three production things while you said that. (laughs) Okay. Okay, good. Um... Uh, this is interesting because I feel like for the last two weeks, uh, maybe not the last two weeks, but certainly last week, we talked about the showrunner for the Lando series, um, Justin Simeon, who directed Haunted Mansion that came out last week, uh, gave a quote about how he hadn't heard anything in a long time, and, uh, 
he tried really hard to write a good story. Seemed like everybody liked it, but he hasn't heard anything. He don't know, don't, doesn't know what's going on with it. Um, a few months ago, we around the time of a celebration, Donald Glover himself, who played Lando in Solo, a Star Wars story, um, gave a quote about how, like, yeah, it's still possible. I'd love to play Lando again, and but I can't say anything more. Or Kathleen Kennedy will be after me. Well, um. And that gave us some hope, but then the quote from Justin Simeon last week kind of made us think, oh, okay, this is probably not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, but apparently, Justin Simeon, not there, not a, not a part of it. He can't really talk about it because he's not a part of it anymore. And who is a part of it? Donald Glover and his brother, Stephen Glover, have been hired to write the Lando series for Disney Plus, this was a story broken by um, the line, uh, uh, sorry, above the line outlet. Um, apparently, Justin Simeon, the original showrunner, has been actually off the project for about a year. Hmm. And that he uh, left on his own accord, was not let go, like so many other writers, <laughs> directors uh, by Kathleen Kennedy. He left on his own accord because he had to focus on Haunted Mansion and um, Lucasfilm wanted to get going on the Lando show and he did not have the time. So he decided to um, just walk away. Uh, so then they turned their attention to Donald Glover, who often writes with his brother, Stephen. I think they wrote together on their show Atlanta and also this series called Swarm on Amazon Prime. Um, and... Uh, this, so like any quotes that we've heard from Justin Simeon lately, I think is just him kind of like playing the Hollywood game, saying like, oh, I, I haven't really heard anything, can't really talk about it, because they hadn't announced anything. They hadn't, they, did, they didn't want to announce that he wasn't a part of it anymore, or it would have seemed like it was dead. They wanted to wait until this story broke, probably, um, to make that official. Um, so the Glover brothers have been attached for months. Uh, this deal was made before the strike. This isn't, they're not going to be crossing any picket lines. They're not going to actually start writing this show. Maybe they did if they got hired before the strike, but um, they weren't, they're not working on it now. But that's probably why Donald Glover felt okay to talk about it around the time of celebration because he, he I think he already knew that he was going to be involved in it in some way. Um, um, and I feel like this all but confirms that he's going to be returning as. Lando Calrissian, like, why would you take the job to write the show um, of the character that you once played in a uh, uh, feature film and then not actually want to play them in the show? Seems uh, like a big jump. Um, so I'm fairly sure this means he's going to be back. Um, <laughs> he's, just, and, uh, he's just writing it. It's fine. He's, he's yeah, gonna, yeah. Just completely. I'll just. I'm going to pen yeah, it, just, you know, make sure he's got the right feel. But no, I'm gone. I, I just can't do that again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that would be wild. Um and uh, I'm not as familiar with his brother's stuff, but apparently uh, Stephen Glover has been nominated for Emmys for his work on um, the show Atlanta, as I mentioned earlier. And also, I guess he wrote for Saturday Night Live for a long time, and he also wrote the uh, House Party reboot that recently oh, came out. Uh, so Atlanta was... Um, so I, I saw at least the first two seasons of Atlanta, and that was great. I It's been on my watch list for a long time, and I, it's still something that I want to um, go back and see. So um, this might actually be enough... Um, of a push for me to finally uh, pull the trigger and watch it. Nice. So, Steve, Donald Glover coming back as Lando Calrissian, most likely, certainly to write it, most likely to star in it. What do you think of this? Were you excited for a Lando series initially? Does this make you more excited? 
how do you feel about this? I mean, this is this is Donald Glover in yeah. the role that he embodied that yeah. like he channeled the perfect Billy D. Williams to play and still made it his own. And why would I not be excited about this? This is great. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, I think, you know, I've I've heard the opposite opinion, but I feel that most people, whether or not they liked Solo or not, enjoyed Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Uh, it's just something a standout performance. Uh, he really seemed like he was having a blast doing it, um, and really pretty incredible casting. Uh, so yes, I can't wait to see what this is. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what it is. Is it more smuggling stuff? Is it just is random adventures? Like when is it going to take place? What's going to be happening? My other big question is. You and I have talked for a long time, and I've heard other people say this too, that I'm, we're not alone in thinking this, but we have thought that the perfect setup for the show, we even said it last week, the perfect setup for the show would be to get Billy D. Williams as older Lando Calrissian, either telling a story or dictating, or writing a book or something, as we've seen him doing in Solo, and then you know the, that's the intro and the outro of every episode or the season oh, yeah. or something, and then you flash back to younger Lando doing the thing that Billy D. Williams is, you know, more or less narrating. Yeah, if this uh, is during the if show, this is the Princess I think that would Leia be perfect. Bride, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Do you think it's possible that we get Billy D. Williams in this show? I wouldn't see it out of the realm of possibility. I know uh, Billy D. Much like uh, James Earl Jones, is not a spring chicken at this point. True. So, you know, do you get a couple of voice credits here and there? Do you actually get him in a couple of scenes here and there? Uh, I don't know. But, I mean, he was... Uh, I can't remember how old he is off the top of my head. But he... Yeah. Even he's going into episode nine, when he had those kind of cameos, he's 86 right now. So, yeah. you're, you're already kind of stretching where he's yeah. gonna be like hopefully but that's why awesome. that, but that's why that's why i think it would work really well if he you know you could just have him like sitting around a fire dictating into like a hollow pad or something you know like here's my story about the time i did blah 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 and then it flashes back so like you know he can just be doing the the bumpers of each episode and donald glover can be doing the heavy list lifting um and he wouldn't have to do much if it was that was the setup um but is that too obvious of a route to take for somebody like Donald Glover, who usually um, kind of goes above and beyond yeah. with his own stuff? So um, who knows? It would be great to see they do, Billy D in there. They do have a good bit of you know potential to tap from in the old Legends canon. Uh, seeing yeah. there was an entire trilogy of books written about Lando Calrissian's adventures. So maybe they dive into that. I don't know if... Uh, yeah. I I, uh, <laughs> I would be amazed if Donald Glover has read the the books from the hey. early eighties, uh, regaling Lando Calrissian's uh, travails before he ended up oh. with Han Solo and when he still owned knows? Falcon and that sort of thing. But yeah, who knows what kind of research he did for the role of Lando when he got it the first time? You know, yeah, he might have read those books. It could be. Um, he seems like the kind of guy that might do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my follow-up question, do you think we get Alden Ehrenreich back as Han Solo in this yes. series? Yes. You think definitely yes. Yeah. I, th well, let me, let me rephrase that. I think 
if Han Solo shows up, which if we're likely if we're doing something about Lando, whether it's pre or post what we saw in Solo, you know, pre we find out how Han has ties to Lando. Post right. we find out what happened after he lost the Falcon. Yeah. In between yeah. then and a new hope. So or it, then in return or Empire Strikes Back, Jesus. Uh, sorry, <laughs> brain is fried at ten o'clock on a Sunday. So yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, I would I would love that. Like I'm on I'm on many times saying that I love Solo, and I would like a sequel to that movie, uh, whether it be an actual movie or a series. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but this seems like really the perfect series to do that. If you are, if we're getting um. If we're getting any kind of reappearance of Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo, this is the this is the most likely time that we're going to see him for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know, Lando. I I think there's there's a lot of possibility you could do. I think something tells me that I feel like it wouldn't be so like tightly tied into other um, like. Uh, events and things like yeah. that. Like I think, it, I think it's, I think he's going to do his best to make it its own thing that doesn't isn't affected by other stories being told. So I think it'll probably be within that nebulous time between Solo and Empire. Um, that be, besides uh, a run in or two with uh, the Ghost Crew, we don't really know much about what uh, Landa was up to. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because that, you know, yeah. like... Um, Sorry, you mentioned the ghost crew, and I was thinking about Ahsoka again. Yeah. Hey, and there's there's a possibility that we could see those characters in this show, I guess. Yeah, hypothetically. Establish that they know Lando. You know, you never know. I mean, Ezra called um, himself Lando on numerous occasions, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know there's, there's so much potential here, um, and uh, just potential for really fun stories being told that do not um, do not need to carry the weight of any kind of, you know, decades long saga or anything like that. Or even like Ahsoka is, you know, going to be partially paying off uh, four seasons of a animated show, you know, like yeah. it doesn't have to do that either. It doesn't have to, you know, this could, my guess is this will be one season. Hopefully it'll be great. Um, and I don't know. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, you can't I mean, he's, there's also a couple comic miniseries that have background on Lando too. Sure. So there's there's plenty out there if Glover wants to tap that, or if he wants to use some of it for some sort of inspiration for a novel, uh, a novel adventure. Yeah. Which hey, you know, I'm down for whatever he wants to do because anything that can get him back in the saddle, I'm I'm all about. Yeah, and you got to wonder if this was like a. Um... Uh, a way to get him back as Lando. Maybe he might have been on the fence, and they're like, "Well, what if you also get to write it?" Right. You know, what if, what if you get like... everything involved with it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'll I'll be interested to hear details about this. I'm you know we'll hear more as it you know we're no one's making anything right now because of the strike. So a long time from now, when we get uh, some more details on it, I'll be interested to hear. Uh, was it a completely original pitch from like did they uh, did they ask Donald Glover and Stephen Glover to pitch them an idea or did they go to them with like here's our idea would you want to write it like where did the story idea come from right. is Lucasfilm trying to fill a gap or are they just trying to make a good show hopefully it's the latter yeah 
So the latter can do the former. The former doesn't necessarily do the latter. Correct. Very wise. Very wise. Um, speaking of things that are wise, here's something that's not wise. Uh, Making you, Spider-Man movies the, without Spider-Man in them. No, there you go. What were you going to say? Huh? I was just going to say you could just put Sony and say not wise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's no no need to bury the lead on this one. Uh, Sony has once again decided to uh, pump the football when it comes to anything in the Spider-Man related. Yeah. Uh, wh- whatever their Nexus um, universe Spider-Man adjacent to. films. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're shuffling shuffling their release date again, as would be expected, but uh, it's really affecting all of these properties. Yeah, and uh, you're saying again, because I forgot that the, how they moved oh, all this Morbius moved a million like times. 25 yeah. times. Um, uh, so yeah, Sony, in the wake of the strike, adjusting some release dates, uh, one being Craven the Hunter, supposed to come out in October, supposed to come out this October, is getting moved to august of 2024 wow that's a huge jump it's almost a year yeah it's pushing almost a year a film that i mean is most likely 90 percent done we saw a trailer for it already it and sucked it is it's we saw at a least for like 80 percent crap so yeah yep 90 percent done 80 percent terrible <laughs> um we don't know that for a fact but neither steve and i like the trailer very much um there's, there's uh, but this it, thing called past being precedent, and when it comes to Sony, <laughs> yeah, everything we've yep. seen, I made it through almost a half of Morbius. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have enough assistance um, to watch the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, they it makes sense that they want to move it. I'm I, I guess it, if because they're blaming the strikes, it all makes sense because Craven not only. Is Craven a slightly lesser known Spider-Man villain? Like he's not he's never been in a movie before. Right? Like comic book fans know Craven. Spider-Man he's film. He's not your Doc Ock, he's not your goblin, he's not your exactly. even chameleon or electro he's or cer- whatever. He's certainly not your Venom. Right. Right? Venom is like almost a household name at this point. Um uh, uh, for so, the record, Chris has just made a very profound statement in our chat. Let's hear it. Sony makes no sense in their Marvel movies. So I think he's, he's on the page with us. <laughs> with the exception of Spider-Verse films? Correct. Uh, this is a There's a giant asterisk there that just says live action. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, but they don't want to... Craven is rated R. And they don't want to put out a R-rated film in theaters without being able to do like a huge promotion. Because there's, you know... If it's an R-rated movie, less people can go see it anyway. Um, and if you don't have Aaron Taylor Johnson out there promoting the hell out of it, then it's likely that even less people are wanting to go see it. So uh, makes sense that they would want to move that just because of that. Um, and I don't know, maybe they'll figure out a way to edit it and make it better <laughs> till then. Not Who knows? Um, <laughs> this is a bummer, but... Certainly not it's not unexpected at all. Beyond the Spider-Verse has been not delayed, not pushed, removed from the release calendar completely. Yep. Why is that? Because, as we know from previous reports, 
about the animation uh, conditions or conditions for animators on Across the Spider-Verse being unsustainable and uh, just complaining about toxic and terrible working conditions. And also the uh, members of the voice cast admitting that they had not recorded any lines of dialogue for the third installment of the Spider-Verse series yet. Um, taking all that and mixing in a writer's strike and an actor's strike... Um, now the actors are it's not fine. even allowed to record their uh, um, vocal performances. So uh, no one knows when this movie is going to come out. They hadn't even really started making it. I think that article that we talked about that mentioned the that blew the whistle on the toxic uh, working environment um, mentioned that uh, they had done some like pre-visualization on the third one, but nothing close to finalized animation. And they said, there's no way we're going to hit that date. This is before the strike. So even before the strike, they knew they weren't going to hit that date. Now, um, you know, again, animators aren't in the guild, so they could be animating, but you can't animate much without a vocal performance of right. the character because the acting of the voice determines the look of the character, what they're doing, how they're moving, all that kind of stuff depends on the vocal performance before you animate. So nothing can happen with this movie. And since we don't know when the strike is going to be over, there's no use in securing another release date when there's no way to know when they're going to be able to finish this movie. So Beyond the Spider-Verse, sadly, removed completely from Sony's release calendar. And I'm sure it's going to come out. They're going to make this movie. They're going to put it out. They just don't know when. So they can't uh, put a date on it. Uh, speaking of dates, we also got uh, Venom 3 has been dated for July 2024. This is a movie that is done already or shot. It's being edited and visualized so the strikes don't affect it. So that has been dated for next summer. And uh, Madam Web has bump been bumped up by two days. I think it was supposed to be on the 16th of February. Now it's coming out on the 14th of February. Weird. I don't know why. I often bother. want to go see a spider movie on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, so it's still coming out February next year. Um, yeah, and that which, started the that wrapped filming like 2022. So that's still a while ago. Yeah, and we haven't seen, and we don't know. We barely know anything about this movie. We got like one unconfirmed report of who is playing who, but we don't even know if that, that's true. We haven't seen a trailer. We haven't seen photos. We haven't seen anything. Yeah, what was it? Like um, we've confirmed a couple of people, like Dakota Johnson and Sydney Sweeney, and yeah, we know like who's in other, it, some but other we don't know. We don't know who they're playing right. definitively. Yeah, it's all just kind of guessing and checking. It's all up in the air, and um, I'll be very interested to see a trailer or anything about Madam Web. I, I feel like the vast majority of people don't know that that movie's happening and what kind of promotion is going to make people want to see a movie called Madam Web that, again, will not have Spider-Man in it. Great. Um, not Spider-related. Uh, we did talk about what? it, though. It may have a Spider-Man in it. It may have a Spider-Man It may have a clone of Spider-Man in it. Yes, that's true. That's so, true. But that's again, true. I don't know that that's been confirmed. Maybe I should look it up and see if it's been confirmed. But we were thinking, what was it? Adam Scott got cast or someone? Yes, but that unconfirmed report from eight to ten months ago or whatever said that he was playing Uncle Ben. Oh yeah, that he was playing Ben Parker, not Ben Riley. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't. Weird. Think I want that. I don't know. <laughs> I do not I'm, want this. <laughs> I'm very to steal, to, ste to steal a word from you. I'm very intrigued about seeing more about this movie, but I don't have any kind of desire to 
uh, see it right. <laughs> or right. yet, yet, I'm not, I'm not or expectation that it. it'll be good. Right. Yeah. Like you, like you said, past is precedent. So, um, I can't, I can't imagine that it's going to be something that's going to completely light my world on fire, but Hey, I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, not spider related, but Sony and nerd related sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife has also been delayed. That was also going to come out this year, December 2023. Now it's moving to March uh, 24. So yep. uh, the the date, March 29th, the date that was going to be for Beyond the Spider-Verse. Um, and I don't know. I feel like this is probably Sony stretching out their content a little bit, yep. like we were talking about a or two ago. Things getting pushed. All right. So just because got- uh, they know they're gonna things are going to dry up. They know they're not going to have so I might push some stuff around. All right. I've got an over-under for you. Okay, hit me. Uh, how much money Madam Web will make? Now, Vegas, <laughs> i.e. the chat, has set the line at $4. So are you taking the over <laughs> or the under on this? I think that it will make over $4. Okay. So we've got the over there. But if we're talking, talking breaking even or flopping, where are you thinking? <laughs> It's hard to say without seeing a trailer or knowing anything about it. Like that might help it even. Like Sydney Sweeney is like a current very popular it girl. She's a very attractive woman. If she's playing like Jessica Drew or if she's playing a if she's playing a superhero, then people might go see it just right. to see that. And Dakota Johnson also a very attractive woman. If she's doing cool stuff in a trailer, then people might want to go see that too. I might want to go see that. I got a crush on Johnson. So, Sydney Sweeney I don't know. was what was the White Lotus was she in? That I was She's in the from? first season of White Lotus, yeah. 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 Um So, I think it's it really all depends on what this movie is about and what it's doing because you have popular actors and actresses in the thing. But, you know, so, do people go do people go to movies to see actors anymore? I don't know. I think they go for spectacle most of the time. So and, you know, it's not like Sydney Sweeney is a proven box office draw. She's a TV actor. So despite her having her fans, um, she doesn't necessarily put butts in seats, as they say, uh, in a movie theater. But who knows it, if it looks great, then maybe people will go. But again, it's a weird thing that Spider-Man's not in it so it's just so weird i just so weird i think it will uh you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna land positive i think it'll do all right i don't think it'll i don't think it's gonna make a billion dollars i think it'll do okay but i don't think it will up necessarily okay i'm gonna go i'm it's i'm gonna say it's it's a risky bet but i'm saying that it's gonna be such a weird outlier of a thing Mm -hmm. that people will want to check it out so right now uh the only two confirmed casts uh as far as the roles they are playing are dakota johnson as cassandra webb the aforementioned right okay and sydney sweeney as julia carpenter who is oh an alternate spider woman is julia carpenter the spider woman in the black and white suit yes Okay, I'm yep. going. I'm going. I love that character. <laughs> she's my she's my favorite version of Spider Girl or Spider Woman, yep. I think. 
and they never use her anymore. I no, don't think. No, it's pretty much been Jessica Drew for the last yeah. time. I like Jessica Drew too, but I something about the cost the it's like a it's almost like a Venom costume, yeah, but very much. I know. Suit, I just love it. suit vibes. I love it. I think so I'm I'm time... I'm gonna say that it'll be be it's also a female like if it looks good at all I think it'll make money if it seems if it looks good because people will want to go see a Spider Woman movie right maybe but again it could be batshit crazy and horrible I don't know I don't know I don't know I think it'll do uh, all right I think it'll do all right from Brian in the chat all, she is now the current Madam Web yes. I believe I remember reading that after uh, researching the film when they first announced it or the character of Madam Webb because I was not familiar with her at all. That's going to be weird. It's going to be weird, but we'll see. And I normally we'll like see. weird, but this may be beyond weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's all going to be. This is one of those movies. I think that's all going to be about the trailer. It's all going to come down to the first teaser and trailer and the hype, the hype train. But also like. It's not like you can put Sidney Sweeney on The Tonight Show to promote it. She's an actor. She's on strike. Dakota Johnson's not going to be out there promoting stuff. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully the trailer the trailer has to be good enough to do the promotion that those two women would do otherwise. Yeah, no, that makes and sense. And we'll just have to wait and see. It's coming yeah. out in February. We'll, we're going to have to get a trailer probably mm, this fall. Yeah, October, November. At the very least, maybe yeah. maybe a teaser in September or something, and then a full trailer in November, right? Could December, be. but yeah. So I just realized, looking at our uh, our rundown here, that I really should have buried the lead on the beer until now, because yeah. we're talking Fantastic yeah. Four, folks. I thought you may have picked that beer because of this item on the rundown. Oh no, I picked the beer solely because I was walking past it and branching out, <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then I looked over at Joel and I was like, hey, you have a beer that has the thing on it. Mm-hmm. And he said, are um, you recording the multiverse report? And I said, yes. yes. So I bought the beer. Yes, I am. Um, well, yeah, you're right. This is a Fantastic Four related story. This is uh, news from the Hot Mike podcast, with John Roca and Jeff Snyder. Uh, Jeff Snyder had this statement to say on the Hot Mike podcast. This is not necessarily confirmed. It is just something that he heard. He said, this contradicts some stuff we've put out there in the past. But this comes from someone apparently working on the Fantastic Four movie. They said that Adam Driver, who, stepping away from the quote real quick to say, to remind our listeners, Adam Driver, somebody that has been connected to possibly playing Mr. Fantastic for a very long time. There's been a lot of rumors a lot of, is this role going to go to this person? This role going to go to this person? Adam Driver's been connected to fan, to Fantastic Four, specifically in the role of Mr. Fantastic for months. Months. Very long time. We've talked about it a lot on this show. So Jeff Snyder saying, someone that's working on the Fantastic Four movie, they said that Adam Driver was never really engaged in this. They sent Adam Driver the script a while back, and he said that he couldn't connect with the character on the page. He passed very early on. So, has all that just been a big nothing? Like, maybe they were right that they sent him the script, but it was never reported that he wasn't going to do it. So, we've just been running with it. Everyone's just been saying, Adam Driver, Adam Driver, fantastic. But, I don't know. Looks like he's not 
not uh, not on board anymore. Now, Steve, you're probably not very upset about this. No, I was going to say, I think I'm on the record multiple times thinking I don't really see it. Yeah. I, um, I, I think he's a good enough actor to do a great version of Mr. Fantastic, but he's not someone that I immediately think of yeah. as being a good Mr. Fantastic. So. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love me some Adam Driver, but I, in yeah, my brain, it just does not, did, did not compute. Yeah, well, he agrees with you. <laughs> it enough. also did not compute for him. And this is also in line with the stuff we've heard about Disney maybe not wanting to go, trying, trying to save some money um, because they're paying Bob Iger all of it. They don't have enough to make a movie. Uh, they don't have enough to pay Adam Driver. Or uh, who was the, oh, who did we read past on Invisible Woman? Emma Stone, mm. because they weren't paying enough money. Yeah. Um, you know, don't have enough money to pay A-listers to be in the MCU anymore, so. Well, how can Warner Brothers do it when David Zaslav is making twice as much as Iger is? I don't know. I don't know. It's dumb. It's very it's dumb. dumb. All of it is dumb. You have too much money. There's too much money out there for those CEOs mm-hmm. and billionaires not doing anything. Hey, speaking of billionaires. Speaking of billionaires, Bruce Wayne is one of those. I've heard that. The only good, bi- the only good billionaire is a fictitious one. <laughs> And a fictitious one that either dresses up like a bat, punches criminals in the face, or uh, puts on a uh, high-tech um, iron suit and punches criminals in the face. Right. There's a recurring Only theme here. Two. I know there's there's definitely other billionaires in comics that are probably good, but they're all fictional. <laughs> so. Right. No matter what, they don't actually exist. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving into some comic book news for you. DC has announced a miniseries called Batman City of Madness. Uh, writer and artist Christian Ward will be helming a three-issue miniseries for the DC Black Label. And this is cool because I follow uh, Christian Ward on social media. And months ago, he posted this super cool um, drawing, a piece of art that he did. And he titled it Batman City of Madness. Wrote it right on there like it was a... like he looks like the cover of a right. comic book like, and it's batman this is a thing these, <laughs> these kind of like psychedelic covers and it's almost like tentacles or some crazy stuff coming out of like under his mask where his face normally is it's just really cool looking and he posted that art saying someday i'll be able to do my psychedelic batman horror or whatever someday and this was like a year ago or something and apparently he was able to pitch dc on it and now he gets to do it because he just retweeted it the other day saying like you know, started here and now I'm here or whatever. Um, so uh, I think this is going to be very cool, I believe. Um, no, sorry, I'm not thinking of the right thing. I think he was the, he might have been the artist on Ram V's Aquaman Black Label miniseries, which was great. Andromeda, could be wrong on that, but I think Christian Ward was the artist on that. Um, so it's going to be like real trippy, cool stuff. Um, The synopsis for the series is buried deep beneath Gotham City, there exists another Gotham. This Gotham below is a living nightmare populated by twisted mirrors of our Gotham's denizens, fueled by the fear and hatred flowing down from above. For decades, the doorway between the cities has been sealed and heavily guarded by the Court of Owls. But now the door swings wide and the twisted version of the Dark Knight has escaped to trap and train a Robin of his own. Batman must form an uneasy alliance with the court 
and its deadly allies to stop him and to hold back the wave of twisted supervillains, nightmarish, ver- nightmarish versions of his own nemeses, each one worse than the last that's spilling into his streets. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's a three I love issue Court mini. of Owls. What's that? I said it's a three-issue mini, so it's a nice, easy, digestible... Yeah, you know, well, yeah, as easy and digestible as the rest of this description can give you, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's something that's contained that you don't need, you know, pre and post for. It's not like a full blown ongoing. So, yep, that, and that it's black label, so it's yeah. going to be a uh, very adult, and yeah. it may be in the big prestige format um, that they do sometimes, which I think is really cool. Uh, Swamp Thing um, Green Hell's hardcover just came out. For yo, that. I saw that at Funky Town. Yep this week yeah i was this close to buying it i was like "Hmm, oh it's good dude it's it's a good story nice it's uh very r-rated that was great it's really cool um i'll probably pick this up um because all the artwork teases look really cool um he's posted um not only um that original batman drawing but also his versions of the court of owls and also uh two-face uh, Two-Face looks wild and super cool. Um, so, yeah, it's just like the art is all kind of uh, just like big, bright colors, like kind of unexpected colors, I could say. I don't know. It's okay. just like um, they he called it like a spiritual sequel to uh, the Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious Earth's book by uh, Grant Morrison, um, which has wild over the top art. On every page um i know so i'm excited for this uh i was just thinking about you know i brought my own comics but i've never been able to come up with like an idea for like what i would do with batman and i was just thinking this past week before i read this announcement that i think the key to writing a cool batman story is to finding something exploiting something that bat finding out finding something that batman himself doesn't already know which is hard, <laughs> hard yeah. to do because he's been around for 85 years and he's the world's greatest detective. So it's like, you know, in reality, it's hard because he's been around for so long. And in in the books, it's hard because he's supposed to be, supposed to be so smart and know everything about his city. So it leads to things like this, like, oh, well, what if there was a secret version of Gotham City under the city itself, which is crazy, um, but also uh, allows you to, you know, write a cool story. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so sometimes sometimes can go out of control. They're introducing too many people from his past that he just for some reason has never mentioned before or things like that. But I think that's the key to a Batman story is to have something happen that he's not prepared for, which is hard to find something that feels right or to lock into something that he doesn't know already about his city or about people that he works with, which is, again, hard to make seem right. But I don't know. This seems like it could be cool. Yeah. Uh, moving on over to uh, the other side of the aisle, Marvel announces a Howard the Duck 50th anniversary special. Uh, writer Chip Zdarsky and artist uh, Joe Kino. Uh, do you know how to say this guy's last name? Huh? Quinones? Quinones. What's that? Quinones. Quinones. Way better than I was ever going <laughs> to attempt. If you're playing the uh, if you're playing the multiverse drinking game. That's a finisher drink, I think. Me mispronouncing a name. No, that can't be because no, then they'd be, you'd be drunk so yeah. fast. <laughs> can't do that. 
Um, but that's definitely an item on the the multiverse report drinking game is yep. me mispronouncing somebody's name. Uh, anyway, uh, they are reuniting after working together on a short Howard the Duck series in 2015. The uh, write-up goes, Meet Howard. He's a hard-boiled P.I. with problems by the duck load, but a cosmic, all-seeing friend known as the Peeper is giving him a chance to see what his life could be, the joys he could have, all the ways his life could suck way less than it does now. Um, and that is a synopsis for Howard the Duck's 50th anniversary. Steve, you ever read Howard the Duck? I have not. I still remember watching... Me either multiple movies some of which were significantly worse than others i have seen the howard the duck movie not in quite a long time and uh, of course he shows up in uh, the guardians films yep. as a cameo i'm surprised thinking about it now i feel like there's some there's a lot of genuine love for howard the duck as a character probably because everyone knows that one movie was bad but like it's fun to know how bad it was and it's he's he's a weird fun character you know especially the way that james gunn portrayed him in the guardians movies kind of like um I don't know, a little bit darker maybe you know a little more like curmudgeon-y like yep. he, he's barely in them so it's hard to really get a read on him but that's kind of how i see him and when the mcu does stuff like green lights an entire Agatha Harkness series because everyone loved that one song in WandaVision for like a month in right. in 2020 like uh it seems wild that they haven't done anything more with Howard the Duck in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of love for that character and and when he showed up in the post-credit scene of Guardians 1. Oh, I think everybody when um, that happened, I think everybody thought like something more was going to happen with him not just that we were going to see him again yeah, yeah. him be a running gag in a, in the guardians movies i know like where's his disney plus series are they are they just scared because of the original movie was so bad do you think i mean maybe i don't know but like couldn't be worse than secret invasion right <laughs> like what yeah more thoughts on that uh coming after this episode if you want to hang around uh yeah yeah, I, I don't think it's. Yeah, we're gonna recap it ain't the gonna finale. Be long, but it'll be fun. I don't think it's gonna be long. I don't think it's gonna be long. No, but um, if you enjoy us shitting on something, I'm sure it'll be fun. <laughs> we don't do it that often. Yeah, um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I just don't. I don't know why how the duck hasn't shown up more. It seems yeah. like an easy, easy win. Just put him in. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't have an idea for how how they could have used Howard the duck, but. Uh, you know, like I said, in, in a world where we're getting a, a six episode miniseries about Agatha Harkness, where's Howard still the Duck in the MCU? Canceled. I mean, to be they fair, still, even no, that, they they shot it. They made it. Yeah. Well, to be fair, even that they're releasing the Echo miniseries. Right. Yeah. Like who was calling for that coming out of Hawkeye? No, not me. I don't know. I'd much rather watch a Howard the Duck series. No offense to Echo, and no offense to Agatha Harkness. Oh no, Echo the is actors a involved. Like, seems awesome, but it's like, I don't know. It just seemed weird that that was what they greenlit coming out coming out of that uh, show. Yeah, and that we didn't like. There have been there's were uh, 
and with WandaVision, there were talk of like a Vision Vision Quest series. Yeah. Like I don't know if that's yeah, we still, still don't happening, know what's but up like White Vision. Why hasn't that happened yet? Yeah. But we're getting but oh, everyone really responded to this one funny song that we did in one episode and that became a meme for uh, you know a week. So why don't we base an entire series around the success of this one song? I don't know, this one character from WandaVision. I don't know. I don't know how Marvel makes decisions sometimes. It doesn't make a whole Yeah. Especially like if that if that series came out like the next year, if the Agatha series came out the next year, great. But now it's even more like, what? Who's that? What? Right. That one character that I haven't seen in three years gets their own show. Great. So okay. the the chat is uh, going wild with um, the much rather see Batgirl over these uh, potential options, which, yeah. Yes, dude. Yes. That movie will look great. Although uh, yeah. apparently, uh, apparently Joel is just standing for the original Howard the Duck movie in the chat as well. So, oh, I think the original, like, I'm gonna stand by that. I think it's bad, but I think it's bad with uh, so much like charm yeah. that it's worth watching. It's like a fun oh, yeah. bad. It's a know? nice. It's not a bad, bad bad. Yeah, it is it's not a fun cinema, bad. but it's it's a movie, and you yeah, can have it's fun a so watching. bad it's good. It's a so bad it's good. Uh, speaking of things that um, are so good, they're good. Uh, I just happened to pop up Christian Ward's Instagram, uh, the aforementioned artist and writer for the Batman series. He yeah. has. I need to find out what uh, what comic this is for and buy a copy because you know um, Warlock from New Mutants. Yeah. Uh, there is a Wolverine cover that has him overlaid with like the the runes and circuitry that's on oh. warlock oh, and cool. it's just really cool so now i need to find yeah. that and if anyone from fucking yeah. town is listening uh find that for <laughs> me <laughs> yeah. yeah he's a great artist he's a great artist um and hey speaking of comic books that we want to read let's talk about some comic books that we have read Sure, we can do that. Comic book reviews. Steve, would you like to go first? We have different books this week. We each were given yep. an advanced copy of a book to speak of. I think the last time we did two different books, I went first. So I'm going to let you go first, Steve, okay. if you were prepared to talk about. I am. I am prepared to talk about Magneto, number one. Oh. So we are currently in the quote-unquote fall of X, uh, where the their... Uh, the Krakoa era is coming to an end. Right. So everything that had been built by the X-Men, by the mutants on their little mutant sanctuary uh, has gone awry and things are going sideways and Sinister did Sinister things because, well, it's Mr. Sinister and you had to... Because that's his name. You had to expect this. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. guys. Um, and so apparently coming out of that, we have uh, Magneto in a miniseries who is now has taken over the uh, Xavier Academy and is, oh. I guess, teaching the New Mutants. Wow. So the New Mutants roster that in, I, I believe it was what? It was Rain, it was Sunspot, it was Danny, it was uh, Cypher, uh, Chamber cannonball and the aforementioned warlock 
uh, are his new class that Magneto mm. is teaching and is kind of coming to terms with the fact and burying all of his past and his evilness. Wow. Um, kind of a good setup. Uh, at the end, there's a reveal of a new villain that we were previously unaware of. Um, cool. And yeah, the they the the whole thing is set up with a, a danger room scene that actually is done pretty well. Um, I I would probably grab number two. Like it's oh wow, it, it's definitely a a solid introduction to taking uh, to living in the headspace of you know Eric Lencher, Magnus, uh, whatever you want to call him at any yeah. given point. Um, and he actually references that numerous times of, you know, which of the multitude of realities is he living at this point of hmm. who he's been over the years from Auschwitz to now. And it's it's pretty well done as far as a an introspective into where Magneto's headspace is. Wow, cool. So it is focused despite him teaching the new mutants, it is focused on him. It's from his perspective. Yeah. Yep. So it starts yeah. out with them in the danger room, and then it kind of pans for the most of the middle half of the book to him, um, you know, the, a whole mental conversation he has with himself. And uh, oh, cool. it, it works pretty well. Cool. Uh, who's the creative team on it? Uh, DeMatteis, Nauk, and Rosenberg. I don't know if oh, his cool. name's on any of them, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally, awesome. first first panel in the whole book is the New Mutants. Oh, wow. And you're like, oh, okay. This is Classic not what I expected costumes. when you go from the Magneto cover. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Is There there must have been Magneto, a Magneto series before, right? This can't be the first time they ever gave him a solo series. There, there had to have been. There must have been. It's been years. It's been decades. <laughs> At least a mini. I'm sure he's gotten a mini. Is this an ongoing or is it a mini series? Do you know? Uh, looks like it is. I think a mini. I don't know how many issues, but yeah, I guess it makes sense if they're like wrapping up a whole era of X Men that they'd probably do a couple minis to like not have to do everything in the main yep. line book. Yeah. You know? So. Cool. Yeah, Jam. So thumbs up. And Todd Nog. Nice. So thumbs up from you on Magneto number one. Yep, one of four. So there we one go. One of four. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I read and am about to review a DC book, part of the DC Night Terrors event that is currently ongoing. This is Night Terrors Poison Ivy book two. Poison Ivy number one came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and this is book two. And I realized while reading this... um. You know, if there's anybody listening that isn't as super as into comics as Steve and I may not know, every, like, maybe once a year, both Marvel and DC do some, like, giant overarching event throughout all their titles that they always say, like, will change the shape of the Marvel Universe or the DC Universe will never be the same. They're promising all these long-lasting changes and stuff, but then inevitably they do another one. Spoiler alert. It always ends up the same. (laughs) <laughs> yeah or they'll take they do a giant thing just to like make one 
small change like i don't remember was it the second second uh the second civil war or secret wars where the only thing they really wanted was to get miles morales into the yep. main yeah. <laughs> continuity and like that was it yep. it's the only change when it was over um, um uh yeah, yeah like that made me think of uh so i'm also i also read and well, well i guess i'll talk about it now uh the hellfire gala oh cool and the first thing that happens is remember how we made that big deal about uh kamala khan being dead yes yeah she's revived of course yeah within an episode take or within long. an issue so there dumb. you go dumb <laughs> crazy um anyway i don't usually follow too many of those big events because like steve said Nothing ever really changes. Uh, there's a lot of promises made. You know, there was one last year where the Justice League died. Guess what? They're alive again. Um, Go figure. Uh, but the cool thing about Night Terrors is it's different than that. Night Terrors is not... Did you just do a double take at the I hadn't seen that book? cover before. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Night Terrors is less of a we promised change the events of the entire DC universe and more of a, hey, here's this new villain that is powerful enough to affect all of the characters of the DC universe at once. And so they're all having their own like mini adventures under the umbrella of night terrors. And it's just kind of a way to see your favorite characters dealing with like, um, or it just puts them in like a horror story. Basically they're all having these like deranged nightmares. The art, as you can tell from the cover, the art is wild the art and it's like that in every book. Like it's not it's not the same artist, of course, but it's always going to be um uh something that is more like a horror book than you've ever seen in like the pages of Superman or anything like that, you know. So you get to see them dealing with these really horrific things. Um the artist on the poison it's uh, the Poison Ivy book has was written by G Willow Wilson, who is the main writer uh, of the ongoing, um, very popular Poison Ivy book. Uh, I'm trying to look up the first name of the artist right now while I'm uh, talking about it. Pencils uh, from Adagun Ilhan. And as you can tell, it's super creepy stuff. Holding it up for the YouTube viewers out there. Uh, they're all like just maniacal, even like more than Joker laugh, just like super creepy looking. And like you don't get to see that in, in other kinds of books. Um, uh, so basically every character that's affected by this night terror phenomenon is experiencing their own personal nightmare. And in this one, um, to this minor spoiler for the poison Ivy night terrors, number one, uh, her nightmare is, uh, kind of being forced to live a domestic life with, uh, Harley, even though it is kind of what she wants. She fears the constriction of it she fears not being able to be herself blah 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 um so this is basically her um being slowly seduced by this fantasy and uh her herself becoming one of those wide-eyed crazy smiling um people until she's kind of pulled out of it mm. um and it's really cool i like it a lot like g willow wilson is writing uh you know she's just setting pages on fire with her writing on the the poison ivy ongoing um, you should be checking that out if you're a fan of this character. So this also, be, even though it's event an event, it did feel like it's coming from the same mind of the main writer. So it kind of kind of fit within the series. Um, I liked it a lot, um, and because I know it's just all these 
all the Night Terror spinoffs are just two issues. So um, it's like a quick mini story. It's a, that's a good place to jump on to a character if you want to read something about Poison Ivy or something about yeah. Superman. Or uh, I read the issue one of the Night Terror Zatanna one, who's like a lesser character, and that issue was crazy good. So I recommend that if you want to pick that up. Uh, the Night Terror Zatanna, and I would recommend the Poison Ivy one. Poison Ivy is a hot character right now um, in all realms of the DC universe. So uh, if you're into that character at all, I would say pick up uh, Night Terrors one and two um, from uh, DC Comics. Yeah, and, and that, along uh, those lines, my if, you're, uh, if you want to follow up with the Poison Ivy character, uh, the trade for the current run that G. Will Wilson is on uh, just dropped for the first half of the run. Yep, first six issues and a beautiful hardcover. Yep. Um, available at Funky Town Comics, as will both Poison Ivy Night Terrors number two and Magnum number one will also be available at Funky Town Comics this Wednesday on the shelf. What other comics are coming out this week? We got Adventures of Superman John Kent number six, Amazing Spider-Man Annual 2023, Astonishing Iceman number one. Iceman getting his own run. Written that's super by cool. Syracuse, well, and Camillus native Steve Orlando. Steve Orlando, that's right. Shout out to Steve Orlando. We got the Black Cloak number six, Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer number one, Conan the Barbarian number one. New number one, Conan. Death of the Venomverse number one. I did not know that there was a Venomverse, but now I guess I'm sorry that it's dying. Um, Doctor Strange you number happy six. It's dying? I don't know. Um, I guess I feel nothing about it. Feel indifferent about the death or the life of the Venomverse. Okay. Fair. Um, Fa- Fantastic Four, number 10. Fire and Ice, number one. Much anticipated um, series of these two beloved DC characters. Gargoyles, number eight. Oh, that Junk Rabbit. That, that wasn't a George R.R. R. Martin. Uh, no, it's not a George R.R. R. Martin thing. Game of Thrones spinoff. No, no. Uh, what do you think that guy actually writes stuff? Come on, Steve. Well, he can't. <laughs> he doesn't <now>. write stuff. <laughs> That's true. Now he can't. <laughs> Wait, he could go back to the books, though, right? He could go back to the books. Maybe this. Maybe this helps out the books. Maybe Prime this helps time my... <laughs> for George R. R. Martin to finish those damn books already. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's only take been, advantage what, of this, like George. Seventeen years now. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Um, like I mentioned, uh, the Night Terrors books coming out this week, um, including the Poison Ivy, but also the second uh, Night Terrors Batman book, the second Black Adam Night Terrors book, the second Joker Night Terrors book in which uh, I believe that he just has a completely normal life and works in an office, and that's his nightmare. Funny. Um, and the second Ravager Night Terrors book, the aforementioned Magneto number hold one. On, hold on. Who is Ravager? What? Ravager is the daughter of... Deathstroke, Slade oh. Wilson. Yep. Okay. I actually, I knew he had a daughter. I did not know she had a name. Yep. Okay. That is her name. There you go. Um, what is her actual name? Blanking on her human name. G. Willow Wilson? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not G. Willow and it's not uh, Wade. Okay. I know that. Um, uh, the aforementioned Magneto number one. Big thumbs up from Steve on that. Moon Knight number 26. My Little Pony number 15. Peacemaker Tries Hard <laughs> number 4. A book that I love. Very excited to keep reading this book. Scarlet Witch number 7. Also being penned by Syracuse native Steve Orlando. 
Spawn, number 344. Star Trek Defiant, number 6. Star Wars Dark Droids, number 1. Star Wars Yoda, number 10. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Last Ronin, The Lost Years, number 5. I think that's the last in that series. I believe so. And also X-Men 25. So we got a big so poll. Anything else? What's that? I you have a big, big poll, poll this, this week? Well, Dark Droids, What's on Yoda, Dark Droids Yoda and Last Ronin. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um... I'm definitely going to pick up the, um, sorry, uh, I'm definitely going to pick up the Peacemaker tries hard, mm-hmm. um, and other than that, I'm not sure. I might check out the Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer book. Um, so I dabble so in some Buffy here books really. here and there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, I have been. I haven't been reading all the Night Terror stuff, but I have read some of them, and I, I like a lot. Like I said, the Zatanna book was fire. I can't wait for the second uh, Zatanna book. Um, and she's a great character, too. I, I wish that she... I think she should get her own series, like mm. a la the Poison Ivy book. I think that would be really great to shine a spotlight on another cool uh, female yeah, character like absolutely. her. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't know if there's much else on my list other than that Peacemaker book, but... Anything else you read or hit this week, or that I what read uh, read or hit up this week? Um, I if there was, I don't remember. I don't know. I bought a couple uh, Batman back issues um, from when I was a kid. Oh, nice. Um, uh, just like right around the time that I was really starting to get into Batman comics, like so much that I I bought them because they weren't like pricey or anything yeah. and i remembered the covers from seeing them on like newsstands when i was a kid and not buying them as so i was like oh well now i'm an adult and i'm gonna buy these books that i should have bought that's, 30 years ago uh, that spider-man 374 right there yeah yeah there's no real like it's i think it's like the second appearance of carnage or something but oh, there you i go. had it as a kid and nice i think back in the day jeff had it on the shop downtown mm. on the wall and i was like I remember that cover like brightly. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, for $10, I am buying that book. <laughs> yep. I'm going to plug this little hole of nostalgia yes. in my heart. <laughs> I'm yep. buying that book that I didn't buy. So now uh, no, a, I'm still now working my way through on a wall the wall with uh, the amazing shakes. Number one in two variant. That's covers. right. That's right. Um, that's a book that will be sold at the palace theater on August 12th. Uh, two variant covers available. Um, I'm still working my way through the uh, Stanley Steve Ditko uh, collection that I have on the Spider-Man stuff. Oh, nice. Um, so that's kind of the only thing that I'm uh, still really working on um, right now. I got to get back into reading. I feel like I uh, fell off it again. So it's like up, an ongoing thing. I ended up with Hellfire Gala solely because I saw this cover. Oh, nice. Of if you put X-Men 97 or, you know, 92 on anything um yeah i am 100 percent all over it i did also grab the fall or the ultimate fallout or ultimate invasion ultimate invasion too because oh yeah uh, yeah you know hickman's doing hickman things and hickman things are always fun so what the hell why not i figured i'd give it a read yeah there you go i read the first one that has a crazy like the again cover grabbing you like it's amazing how much cover art actually will just grab you in a comic shop um, yeah, for sure. But they had a Miles Morales, uh, the John Tyler Christopher negative space for oh, cool uh, for Secret Invasion Ultimate Invasion number one. I was like, okay, guess I'm buying that because 
I need that cover. Yeah. Then I read the book. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh, the book's pretty good too. Awesome. So cool. Win win. Win win. Um, and uh, we're gonna have more on X Men '97 momentarily. Mm. Uh, but moving on into some one shots to wrap up this episode. First off, um, just a little thing that I thought was cool. Apparently, uh, Blue Beetle director Angela Manuel Soto originally wanted to meet with DC in order to pitch not a Blue Beetle movie, but a Bane origin story movie. Um, The director said, I wanted to pitch ideas, and one of them was the Bane origin story. I always thought that there was something interesting in exploring his reality and how a character like that comes to be. But um, apparently uh, the meeting just took a different route and the studio ended up saying something to him uh, said or ended up saying to him, quote, there's this character we've been developing for a couple years, the Blue Beetle, a Latino superhero. And then, you know, uh, one thing led to another. And now he's directing a Blue Beetle movie that's coming out next month, August 12th, 15th, something like that. I don't remember. Um, Somewhere around there. I'm excited to see. What's that? Somewhere in the next Next couple couple weeks. weeks. Yeah. And I think that's cool because, um, you know, there hasn't been a comic accurate depiction of Bane uh, in the films yet at all. Um, the big detail that they always leave out is that he is a, uh, a Latino person. Never been played that way. Um, Tom Hardy, certainly not um, uh, in any kind of um, Latin descent, I don't believe. Um and uh, you know he's got a he does a very interesting origin story. He was born in a prison, uh, tortured his entire life. Uh, so I think that could be a good movie. I feel like in the wake of like when Joker came out and made a billion dollars and also won an Oscar, uh, there was a lot of talk about are they going to do like a Lex Luthor movie or something? But like no one ever mentioned Bane, but he'd be a solid follow if they ever did want to make a, like a anthology series of villain focused origin stories in the vein of the walking phoenix joker movie i think bane would be a a good way to go i don't think i mean bane's a popular villain he's not joker popular very few are joker popular but i think he he could make a good movie for sure i don't think it'll make a billion dollars anyway i've talked too much about it steve why don't you bring uh bring us back to x-men well we're heading directly back to x-men 97 where showrunner Bo DeMeo said at San Diego Comic-Con that quote-unquote production is going quite well, uh, going really, really well. Uh, We're in post-production on season one, and right now writing the finale for a season two, said Bo. I cannot be happier. Season two? We're already already there? We're greenlit and in the can, apparently. Yeah. I guess this was was a holdover from... San Diego Comic-Con because, you know, we had to do our episode earlier last week, so we missed the last couple of days of it. But, um, yeah, we didn't we don't even know when season one's coming out, but he apparently has confirmed that we're going to season two. Yeah. Which awesome. I am in no way going to complain about. But no, what? I just I just hope that season one is good. <laughs> so it makes me actually want to watch it. Yeah. Um, that's the last piece of the puzzle, I think, right now. Because, I mean, I'm going to watch it. I hope it's good. But Yeah, because they, awesome. pushed, they pushed that again, right? Let's be I heard. believe so, yeah. Yeah. Late he says 20. they're in post-production, so 
they're on the other side of it for sure. So we're, side of we're in animation and the the first season is going to be 10 episodes. So it's like, all right. Yeah. You know, I, I get why they're already hitting season two. Yeah. Um, But they're only writing it. And I'm sure a no, lot of those not. voice actors are probably in the union. So it's going to yeah. be a while before they can, you know. Um, yeah, they can write because the animation thing, but the, because they're, they're not in the, they're not in the writer's guild. Exactly. Right. Yep. Which will be rectified yep. after the strike per our talks earlier. Okay. Yep. Which means after, then after this, whatever the next strike is, we'll be getting even less, uh, right. TVs and shows because the animators will be able to write at it. Yep. Uh, last one shot for the night, more animation stuff and more Invincible stuff after we talked about Invincible Season 2 and the new Adam Eve special that's on Amazon Prime right now. Did you we see got, that? I haven't watched it yet, okay. no. I've heard nothing but amazing things. So Awesome. I, I'm sure it is. Same creative team, you know. Yeah. They're, yeah. Great. Um, the Apparently, the Invincible cast has already recorded all their dialogue for Season uh, 3. Um, so the show's official Twitter account stated this week that there will not be as long of a gap between seasons two and three because the voice recording for season three is already complete. So would you look at that? Isn't that a smart idea? Seems to be. Um, if it's going to take you almost two years uh, between seasons, you might as well uh, start working on the following season. So, uh, you know, they don't want they, I'm sure nobody, including Amazon, um, who's benefiting from this show being great. Nobody wants that long of a gap again. They want, especially during a strike, they want eyeballs on their streaming services, and this was a big hit for them. So, um, And it's good to know that we won't, we won't have to wait quite as long. So, yeah. um, Steve, anything else? Are you missing anything? No. Did you do anything think, worth mentioning? I think that's about it, week? but if you are hanging around... Uh, you should hang around slightly longer to hear our thoughts on Secret Invasion episode six yeah. and the yep. series as a whole. Uh, for the faint of heart, there will probably be a veritable amount of swearing. So uh, be, <laughs> be mindful. This the next episode will not be chil- not be child friendly. Um, this one wasn't either. No, but uh, no. feel free to like and subscribe if you're enjoying what we're doing. Uh, leave us a comment on uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us a five star review. Um, Please, you know, subscribe. Let us know uh, what you're thinking on YouTube. Uh, big thank you to all of the folks in the chat at present and have been watching us. And yes, uh, thank you so much. If you'd like really to cool. reach out, feel free to check out the Multiverse Report on all of your socials outside of whatever the hell they're calling Twitter these days, which is Multiverse <laughs> RPT. Uh, we yeah, may or may not check that. that. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, themultiversesupport.com, themultiversesupport.gmail.com. Yep. Uh, doing a lot of posting on Facebook and Instagram lately. So those are your best bets for social follows. And uh, yeah, so stick around for a Secret Invasion talk. Otherwise, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse. <laughs>